Hey, everybody. Hey. <laughs> you know, guys, I thought we're waiting for John Fideli to uh, roll in. <laughs> I shoot while we podcast. And I felt that a lot of times we start doing stuff on, you know, on the studio roundtable here that really should be on the podcast. And then when we're talking, we start, you know, we start this conversation like, hey, man. And I'm like, oh, man, we'll save that. We do need we have so much good stuff. Because people want to hear, you know, all the chit-chat about, you know, what we're doing. So, for example, I wish John was here. He's not here. This is the Mamiya 645, the M645. Yeah. It's my choice for someone who wants to get, you know, into medium format photography, sort of like in a serious way, not like a plasticky way. No, but it's a really cheap uh, point of entry. Yeah. It's a really great workhorse of a camera and we've discussed it before we have our video online Mm -hmm. for the mamiya m645 but what we haven't discussed or if we did i don't remember (laughs) is the fact that uh, this particular camera uh uses what i call magazines what do you guys call this yeah magazines Magazines. you can call it an insert it's actually a film insert i guess technically they've always called them inserts oh they have yes so you load your film in a little cartridge insert you know outside of the camera so if you own a few of these and when i bought this camera it came with like five or six because a wedding shooter yes a wedding shooter so you can go out and have all your film preloaded and then it just pops out and then just pops in yeah you're ready to go you you hand the used one off to your assistant Mm -hmm. yep they take the film and out. They load them up again. Yep. So the back pops out, and I'm pulling out an empty cartridge. And what I didn't know, I actually I did know, but don't use that often, but I'm going to use today. And it's wonderful for event photographers because you you want, normally you get 16 exposures yep. per roll, but with 220 film, you get 15? I only get 15. Oh, mine wow. are truly, mine's probably maybe a you, bit serious. You have an M645? I have a pair. You have a pair of M645. Do you shoot with them? I do occasionally. I have one loaded up right now with that. Do you have a 220 insert? I do. You do? I used to use them for weddings. So I I Googled because I really, I was, I have an insert that has no number on it. Oh, okay. And I was trying to figure out what the heck's going on. The Google. So what's the difference between 220 and 120? I'm thinking maybe the plate is different. The pressure plate. The pressure plate. And also, right, the pressure plate. Mm -hmm. And there's... I think it, smaller starting paper too. It indicates to and the no paper, and it also indicates to the camera to keep winding to yes. do your thir- thirty-two. I guess exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hear noise. Hey! hey! Check the box. Hey, John, welcome to the 100th anniversary. The 100th anniversary. <laughs> hunch, the hunch. Welcome to the 100th podcast episode. No way. Uh, just, way. Uh, happy birthday. Isn't that what the uh, Frosty Snowman yeah. said? Happy birthday. Like, no, you dummy. It's Christmas. Well, what we're going to do is I'm going to pick this, this conversation because John just walked in with a, a bag of food. I'm going to show you what I got. Uh, so welcome, everybody. This is Film Photography Podcast episode one hunch. We just started? Yeah. Oh, good. I didn't miss anything. One hun- episode one hunch. Crazy. Crazy. April first, twenty fourteen. Woohoo! Spring is here. Time to shoot. Yeah. Yeah. But let's take a quick break. John will break out the food. <laughs> First yeah. time ever here at the FPP, we're actually oh, we're gonna eat and manja, podca- ma- manja podcast. Oh, that'll be fun. Okay. And uh, we'll be right back. Wow. 
Hey, Mike and FPP gang. This is Atha from Boston. I just wanted to wish you warm greetings and best of uh, success on your 100th episode. I've been with you guys since the beginning, and uh, you are pretty much the reason why I have a uh, collection of over 40 cameras, my blog, and my passion for film photography. Not to mention my darkroom as well, uh, loaded with uh, chemistry, and I I just wanted to wish you uh, best of luck. Here's to another 100 more episodes. Take care. Hey, this is Michael Rosso, and a lot of you folks have been asking, Hey man, when's the 2014 FPP Walking Workshop? FPP Walking Workshop. Head on over to filmphotographyproject.com, and right on our homepage is all the information about the FPP Walking Workshop 2014 in Finlay, Ohio, this May. That's right. Come on out and join myself, Matt Marash, Leslie Lazenby, Jeff Salisbury from Finlay University, and some surprise guests, the Jersey Boys. That's right. Come on out. This will be our only FPP meetup in 2014. So mark the date in your calendar and come on out. If you're listening to this in an archive and the date has passed, go to filmphotographyproject.com and just search Walking Workshop 2014 to read and see all the highlights. Thanks very much, and I look forward to seeing you. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Hey, welcome to our hundredth episode. So, really quick, um, before we start, 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 starty, starty, start. Pumpkin soup, kill it. <laughs> Here's the M six forty five. You have one. Uh, Mark has one. Yep. Leslie has two. No, I do. What Matt, makes you, you so know, special? Oh, I have. I have the AF. I'm the I'm the redheaded stepchild. I've been for weddings for years. Oh, mine yep. are way back. Mine are. Did you so know? You must have a lot of uh, cartridges. Uh, maybe half a dozen. <laughs> how many How many cartridges do you have, John? I only have one. Oh my God! Did you know? Uh, one twenty. That you can get two twenty. Yes. And that the difference between the 120 and the 220 is the little... Is 100. See the, no, see the little added piece of metal they put on it? Really? As an indicator. Oh, no way. So, folks listening, medium form... Yes, Leslie. Who still <laughs> makes 220 film? Kodak. Kodak. Only the color. Um, the portrait stuff, right? Portrait. Yep. Really? Yeah. Whoa, look at Por- that. Portrait 160 and Portrait 400. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes you can find the Fuji color, uh, the 160S and mm-hmm. uh, 400H. Yeah, I, I yep, bought Tri-X a roll... Is gone. Of 220. Oh, 220, and I loaded it in my 120 mag. <laughs> there was this really cool lady in Finley. She had like a whole stockhouse of a TXP 320 and 220. It was pretty sweet. What's she doing with that? I don't know. She was like, it's like you went for to, a rainy day. You went to Unique Photo and just bought out the Unique. Yeah, before Dalzell did it. He he, he that is bum. Insane. He cleans them out. He's like, yeah, how, you, I know you have this in the bin, but what do you have in the back? And the guy's like, I got three cases. He's like, I'll take them. Just so, buys everything. So, there. John, you bought it just Order. thinking it's 120. You had no, <laughs> you had, like, you were kind of Joe consumer that day. Today. So, picture this, folks. John's Joe <laughs> consumer really knows not too much. I just had gotten the camera. I'm like, ooh, 120 film because it's big. Yeah. He went so, into Unique Photo. And it was slide. And they had stuff on sale, like clearance. Yeah. And you had no idea it was 220. You just thought, uh, you put one on the debonair as well. Uh, Yes, I may have as well, yes. 
Of course, there's no backing paper, so... Oh, you, yeah, you called was... me and said there's no numbers. Yeah, that's said, what it was. I said, John, did you put a roll of 220 <laughs> in your debonair? I went, uh-huh. Am I bad? Actually, you could just put a piece of electrical yeah, tape. I think that's what I did. Okay. I put tape over it. And, and you got some it. good frames? I believe so, yeah. How can you get a bad shot out of the debonair, I, Mike? I've always wondered that myself. It's still going strong, believe me. People love the debonair. So I have the 220 carts, and with this camera, um, you get 16 shots, but with the 220 film, you get 32. And for folks listening, 120 medium format roll film. You know, if you're new to it, you'll be scared like I was. Mm-hmm. Don't be scared. Then the idea of 220 film, you're like, oh, my God, what is it? Is it a different format? Nope. It's exactly the same, but, Leslie. It's twice as long. It's physically piece of film that's twice yeah. as long. But you can't really use it in a 120 camera. It has to be a camera that can accept it. That's correct. correct. Yeah. Yes. Because there's more film on the spool, therefore, for this design, there's no backing paper. Right. Yeah. So you can't use it in an old camera, such as, or not an old camera, debonair, but something that has that little red window. Mm. You can cover the window and just guess? You can. If it's an advanced system that stops with each crank, you'll be fine. You'll be good. You just keep going until you hear it. You hear that, John? Crank. Crank. Hear, hear this? Oh, careful with crumbs. It's a Tim Tam. Tim Tam, baby. Courtesy of <laughs> uh, Weldon Pops. Yeah. That's an awesome name. Now, Leslie, with those, with the the regular crank Weldon, advance, aren't those all based on right pressure? Now. So the, the frame spacing will change the further you go along Uh-oh. the roll? Oh, not 220? 100% on that. Okay. I thought that was the issue with some of them because I remember it's people used to modify their old Hasselblad backs. To do that, but you'd have spacing issues. Huh. So we're loading the camera, folks. I know it's difficult. <laughs> you know, some people listening are like, hey, you guys have an audio podcast and you like do all this visual stuff. You know what? How dare we? How dare we? Just go, I don't know. Shoot some film. <laughs> <laughs> go buy some film and then shoot it. So I rarely use 220 film. I did have a roll of um, Kodak Portra that uh, a lovely woman gave to me. Leslie. Give me a whole box. <gasps> I know. Over the years, Leslie has been very kind and, like, give me stuff. The great stu- thing about the stuff you give me, Leslie, when you give it to me, I'm always like uh, Don Cheech, John. I'm always like, hey, what am I doing with this? Yeah, I was like, oh, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> and I was like, you'll get to it someday. Exactly. The light bulb will turn on. Yep. Like, how about those uh, those chick lamps that you gave me? Take <laughs> your problem? Chick lamps. Let's Don't you know what a chick lamp is? A lava lamp? No. No. They were, they were uh, pure infrared heat bulbs. Could you, I sent him like eight boxes of movie equipment yeah, stuff movie that was equipment. given to me. And it had uh, floods oh. in it. And they were infrared. And I said, if you do your infrared Lomo Kino oh. movie, these lamps are going to be fantastic. They're chick lamps or chicken lamps. He goes... Yeah, you're like pulling my leg. I said, no, no, no. You put them in a brooder house. You could also they're hatch for, chickens. Yeah, and you put them oh, yeah, we used to have those. Yeah, we had chickens when I was young. Your little chicks to keep them warm. Oh, how cute. I know. And, and he just like, get some oh, chicks. God, that's like farm things in rural. I don't get it. Well, there it is. So I load up the, the arrow with the arrow. Start. There you go. Uh, okay. Now I so open the back so of the uh, M645. Uh-huh. I put it in. The great thing about it, it kind of just clicks in. Pinches and clicks. Yeah, you pinch it. And li- it. Oh, actually, you can actually hear it. Listen. Listen. <laughs> Ooh. That was nice. Uh, a, a mistake that I usually make with this camera uh, is the fact the counter. that the counter is gummy. And that happens. Ha- it like happens. it doesn't go back. No, you kind of have to spin it. There's like a little gear uh-huh. in here. It sets it back. In, that you have to go back manually set it to S. 
It's no big deal. No. Just remember to do yeah, it. But you have to do, to do it. it. Right. So I'm going to put this in. If you're Man, lazy like I am. I kind of feel left out. We didn't bring our yeah. M645. Well, somewhere. if you're lazy like I am, you just get the AF and it does it all for oh. you. Now, the great thing about this camera is like you, when you're shooting with it, because I shot so many weddings, John and I, video, mm-hmm. you know, you feel like a big shot shooting with it. <laughs> you do. Because you, you're like, you know, it's like a very active camera. Like, you know, listen. You have the first. No. You want to hear mine? Yeah. Wait, let me take a picture. Kitchen. What kind of flim you got in there? 400 Portra. Oh, nice. You should be uh, F4 at 125th of a second? No, I'm at uh, 2.8 at 60. It's the same difference, right? No, no, no. He'll be over. I'll be over? Yeah, He'll yeah. be over, what yeah. What was yours? F4 at what? Well, I was, I was reading off your head. I'm I have sorry. <clears throat> F4. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got the Gossin Luna Pro. Oh, you know what? I think he's right. Is he right? Darn that John Fidelli. F4 between Very 60 right. and 125. So... Go to six, F4, 60th of a second. Gossin Luna Pro F. All right, so you want to hear my auto? Why is your finger bleeding? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Jeez, don't get that on. Try and scare me. What? F4, 60th of a second. What a centennial <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Scabby things. We're going to make him a Band-Aid. We said F4, 60th? Yeah. Well, it's 220, though. You're right? shooting NPH. Oh, where's that? I rolled out. That's, his, uh, uh, that's, that's the old four. That's the four. That's Fuji Pro. Here. That's the Fuji 400H. What does that mean? It's, it's four. It's 400. Oh, uh, here. Yeah, look at the label. <laughs> there. Tell you. You're mending me. The hard thing about this is opening the back. You no. know. Well, once so you yeah. get used to it. Yes. When it's empty, it's, it's empty. if you don't Still put that in and close it, it's a little uh, tricky. Yeah, the 400H is. Yeah. Yeah. John, your 645 is. Uh, well, I guess it's the same. You just have different accessories. Yeah, I got the um, I got the auto. Matt, your uh, your six forty five is not the M six forty five. Yeah, it's the AF. AF. So it's, it's not as interchangeable parts like in the um, me and John's. Me and John's. It, it camera. doesn't. John. It has. It, it's the <laughs> SLR style, and it has the the auto exposure prism built into it, but it also has a hot shoe built to the top. Hot shoe. Yeah, as far as functionality, you don't really need a bracket on there because it already has the hot shoe. What hot shoe? Um, you can use the manual focus and the autofocus lenses on that body, though. You I, can or can't? You can. Yeah. And I prefer to use the manual focus lenses because I don't like the AF lenses. They're kind of yeah. noisy. They sound like old autofocus. You know, me, me, me. You know, it sucks. Um, so I use the the manual focus. Actually, I just got. If you guys don't have it, you need, it's the best lens ever. Uh, the eighty millimeter one point nine. Really? That oh. thing is sweet. Uh. Sweet. I'm opening up one more stop now that we shot the nasty fluorescence off. Yeah. Oh, you're shooting color. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, do that. Yeah. Plus, it's older film. What you got over there, John? What's this? I got some ag for. Ag for what? The 400? Professional. 120? Oh, very nice. You may want to open up one more stop, John, because I just shot the nasty fluorescence off. Nasty. I gave John some film. I can't. I'm at 280. That's it, folks. I wanted to just, you know, go over the fact that if you have a Mamiya M645, that this camera it has two different cartridges, so you can take 120 or 220 film. If you have a different camera, like I'm not familiar with the other popular. Uh, what did what did uh, Mark have in here yesterday? Yesterday. Uh, oh, he had the P6, the Pentax 6. I mean, those may have their own buttons or ways to use 220 film. Well, even you know that. Yeah, all the Pentax. Chica 120. Mm-hmm. Matt G would allow you, and that was a very basic beginner camera, and you could shoot 220 in that. And that was just shifting the back plate. Matt G, yo. <laughs> hey, we'll be right back. Hey, FPP, congratulations on 100 great episodes. 
This is Bill Lowy in Rockville, Maryland, or Blowy on Flickr. Yo! It's always seemed to me that keeping a family picture record is one of the finest things a mother can do for her family. And with an up-to-date camera by Kodak, it's one of the easiest, too. Like the other night when the boys are playing chess. I picked up my brownie star flash and popped in the flashbulb. Then when David followed some of Ozzy's expert advice, I got a picture we'll always treasure. This brownie star flash outfit is a wonderful investment for any family. And the cameras come in four distinctive colors. Skyline blue, coral red, stardust white, and jet black. The complete brownie star flash outfit costs only $10.95. And now Kodak invites you to enjoy... Hey, we're back. Hey, let's do a little... Shut up. <laughs> hey, let's do a little listener letter. I'll let Leslie open this. If you peel this uh, barcode, you can see who it's from. All right, who's it from? It is from, drum roll, Mr. William, a.k.a. Bill Lowy. Yay! Hey. Oh, open it up. Open this it is up. a really, wait, really... Wait, wait, wait. Mine wasn't as satisfying yeah. as yours. Mine kind of went like... Get out of here. <laughs> oh, shoot, I forgot this reset my, Stoops. my This is a really nice package sent from Mr. William Lowy. The letter is awesome. Dear FPP gang, after listening to your podcast where you talked about printing your work, I decided to do just that. I set up a printing darkroom and made some prints for the first time in 30 years. Which is pretty amazing because he's only 35. Ah. (laughs) Read on. Okay. (laughs) I can tell you that it's harder and more fun than I remember. I had some print developer mixed up for some 4x5 litho film and was trying Selectol. It turned out bad. Then I mixed up some fresh Dectol. Yay. And the paper turned out black. (laughs) I first thought, hmm. I'm stupid. That I I had a bad batch of photo paper. It turned out I was using an unsafe safe light. Oh. Oh. How is that possible? Well, it's possible. possible. Really? There's different color safe lights. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or he could have been using a red bulb. Just, you know. Just a red bulb. Yeah, bug bulb. Whatever. Then in real safe light, I was successful. Enclosed are my first three prints. Yay. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's from the FPP Walking Workshop 2013. One is Ilford (laughs) in Bad Selectol. One is Ilford in Dectol. And one is on Vericon KM paper in Dectol. The last came from Freestyle. Freestyle! I wanted to try some new fresh paper. I think the blacks look better on the Ilford. This picture this was taken Ilford, at your yep. f- this picture was taken at your photo walking workshop in lovely downtown Finley, Ohio. It seemed like a good first printing subject. Bill Lowy, Rockland, Maryland. Hey, you know the walking workshop's coming up, folks. Let's roll on the spot. Hey, this is Michael Rosso, Film Photography Podcast, and I'm thrilled to tell you about our film photography podcast. That's right, FPP Walking Workshop. FPP's Walking Workshop in beautiful downtown Finlay, Ohio. Please check our filmphotographypodcast.com for details for the FPP Walking Workshop in Finlay, Ohio. That's right, the FPP Walking Workshop filmphotographypodcast.com for more details. We hope to see you there. Super positive.
Hey, we're back. Hey, uh, hold it. Would you mind holding up that letter? Just yeah, look, a uh, bill enclosed uh, actual. This is going to get loud for a second. Hold on. Oh, and you oh, know geez. what? I just want to see the, 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 the. I saw that earlier. Oh, got it. Oh, that's awesome. Hello. You know what, Mike? I love these shots of people's home darkrooms. I, I think, honestly, I want to see more of them. So, folks, if you have photos of your home darkroom setup, I, I want to see yeah. how you're how you're getting stuff done. Yeah. See, but there's a comment I want to make. He thought yes. the blacks look better on the Ilford. Uh-huh. One of the are... thing, one of the things that's different is paper surface. You're never going to get a black D Max black on a matte surface. On a matte surface yep. paper, and the Ilford he used is uh, <clears throat> we refer to it as pearl. That's pearl surface. Yeah, pearl yep. surface. Not glossy, not flat, but you get yeah good a little deeper. Yeah. That so gray, little that gray one looks like everything I printed in high that's school. <laughs> select all, which Ch- Matt, check all, out the. Uh, let's see what we got here. But seriously, folks, if you have any photos of your home darkroom setup, we want to see what you have going on. Send us some photos, uh, you know, even some cool little videos, whatever you got. Podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. So uh, what I can say about these here. You know, I, I don't mind the one that's on the Vericon. Uh, it's got, like like Leslie said, the D-Max isn't quite there, but like I'm seeing a little but more... But I think it's as D-Max as it's going to get. Yeah, 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 but I'm, the shadows are opening up a little bit mm-hmm. in, in that one. But yeah, the Ilford by far... So he's getting different looks on different papers? Absolutely. Of course, and that's that was the whole point of having different papers available. The surface changes everything. Yeah, and you know, yeah. the, sometimes the negative would dictate the kind of paper you use. If you're really consistent with your process, you're, uh, you know, you kind of have one paper, you know you're shooting for the whole time but actually yeah. as i peeled the roll off of the reel i would look at it and the negative would dictate to me the paper that's how my workflow is we wouldn't have called it then but we call it now so, so, typically ran so mike what's the address if people want to send us their darkroom prints oh. i love seeing these too check check sorry i just want to make sure my mic was on film photography uh podcast p.o box 152 butler new jersey b-u-t-l-e-r butler n-j Zero seven four zero five USA. Awesome, thank you, Mr. Lowy. Yeah, thanks. It was real. You know, you're right. It's great to see. It's inspirational. A folk, folk you know, a, a gentleman who came to our event. He's he's really into it to the point where he set up his own darkroom, and that's amazing. I really, I really want to give a kudos to the uh, Lowys, William E. and Lynn. I believe. I believe it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, thumbs up to you for like you know yeah. going the extra mile and yeah. good on it, you, mate. Do you know how much the extra mile he's gone? He went a mile and a half at least. He did with a <laughs> with a old timey print dryer. Mm. Oh that wow! He had to use glossing solution with. Oh, that stuff's murder. Yeah, murder. Yeah. Yeah. To share a recipe. <laughs> anyway, really quick, let's oh, get into whoa. some new technology here, John. I saw you holding up your eye product, your iPhone. <laughs> yes. Now, I uh, funded a Kickstarter campaign by Mr. James Flynn, who came up with, as you know, I'm a Gossen Luna Pro F guy. I am an incident light meter guy. Since I've known you. And, you know, (laughs) I thought by this time, 2014, I thought I really would have a smartphone. I don't. I have a flip phone. You have a dumb phone. I do. You have a useless phone. But I funded... All you can do is make phone calls on it. I funded a a app... Look at that. You could turn your iPhone into an incident light meter. Whoa. No sh- kidding. Yeah. Do you have the four or the five? Four. Uh, hap- look, hey. four. Oh. Would you like to try this on your phone? Yeah. You're right, Mike. That's gone. But do I have it's to not da- coming do I back. download oh. their, their uh, app? It's potential. Read the instructions. Uh, you may say, listen, folks listening may say, well, what are you talking about? It's called a Luxie. It turns your iPhone into an incident light meter. 
Luxie is a small diffusion dome that fits securely over your iPhone's front-facing camera. When attached and used with a light meter app, I guess you can use any oh, light. Oh, of course you could use any one. Luxie will help you determine the best settings for your DSLR or other camera so you can take perfectly exposed pictures. What does it do? With Luxie, your iPhone becomes a convenient and easy to use instant light meter. Professional light meters with this, this sounds like an infomercial. Professional light meters with the same features can cost you several hundred dollars <laughs> and require you to carry a whole separate device. Which, by the way, I'm giving it to John because I just want to use my Gossin Luna Pro F. <laughs> Gossin Luna Pro F. Incident, I, mean, I just love this thing. I know. I love my Minolta. Incident so. light meters like Luxie measure the amount of light falling on the subject you are photographing, not the light reflected by the subject. Incident light meter readings are independent of the subject's reflectance and cannot be fooled by tricky lighting situations like backlit subjects, e.g. sunset portraits. Mm. Why do I need this? I already have a light meter built into my camera. Why do I need a separate device? Yeah. The light meter built into all cameras re- measures reflected light. A reflected light meter shows an, appro- an appropriate setting for an average of the whole scene. If you are taking a picture of a scene that does not have an average lighting situation, your camera's built-in meter will not be accurate. Usually that causes an overexposure or underexposure. Matt, do you agree? Always trust a light meter. Your your eyes uh, lie, your camera lies. Most of the time, your light meter your light meter is there to kind of keep it in check. I always um, recommend to someone to have a handheld light meter. And while I haven't been the biggest oh, wait, no, no, adapter no. of using smartphone technology as a light meter, I can understand how some people you know right. like the convenience of that having something smaller. But honestly, as long as they have something in there to confirm, you know, with their camera, whether it be digital or film. More power to you. Just have something to kind of give you that second opinion on exposure. Right. So, John, you would hold that in front of your... Right. Oof, a little looksy. Oh. Thing came up. You put it on? Shocking. Yeah. So, you would hold that in front of your face. Yeah, hold on. I still have my ugly with the, mug here. John is not used to using uh, incident light. No, I'm not. That, that's it. You're now measuring for yourself. One sixtieth of a second, F4. <gasps> Boom. That's exactly Whoa. what the Gossin Luna right? Pro yeah. F said. Half an hour ago. That's uh, I was shooting at 2.8. That's fine. That's not bad. Let's see what it reads for me, Mike Rosso. <laughs> it's probably going to be... What do I do? Just larger, it's it's going to be a larger put, put F-stop. Put on your dome. You. You're closer to the light now. Nope, 64. So you know what I want to talk about? What? With this crazy light meter, mm-hmm. yes. it's always telling me, crazy. like, oh, F-60 at 3.5. Yes. Uh-huh. So If you don't if, have 3.5... If I don't have 3.5... Where do I go? Well, it depends what on what I kind do? of film you're depends shooting on your with. Film. Yeah. If you have a negative film, you just go, you can go uh, you you can go darker or or lighter. Yeah. You Usu- usually always err on the side of lighter if you can. So with slide film, try to get it as close as possible. Yeah. So sometimes that might require taking. <laughs> yeah. So you go to four. Well, take uh, see what you can change to get the to get it closer. Whether it be right. adjusting the shutter speed. Um, I know on some medium format cameras, you can, well, on a lot of cameras that have a sliding aperture scale, you can do half stops mm-hmm. between, so between your 2.8 and 4, there should mm-hmm. be a click in there, and that'll be the closest you can go. You hold that mofo up? Yeah, the clickest ones is even better, because you can really dial it in close. Mm. Did they offer it only for iPhone? Yes. Yes. Now, <laughs> now, it's taking the reading off of this guy, right? Yep. yep. Okay. How uh, durable did it look? Did it look flimsy, or? It's a piece of plastic. Okay. But, you know. How come, how come Lexi came up? What caused it? F- it must have. I don't know. It's how, magic. Yeah, what made it so that all of a sudden Lexi came up, do you think, Matt? Well, that uh, that app I have, I didn't purchase the, you know, 
it's not the Lexi app to get rid of the ads, so it's still running ads. Oh, probably so has maybe. a chip or a confirmation. Thing. Do you have any, any absolutely any real interest in using this? What this? Yeah, I'll use it for oh, sure. Oh, you will? Yeah, well, yeah. You don't need like a little pouch for it or something. There's a little pouch. Like it comes with oh, one. get out! Yeah. You'll lose that or your child will eat it. Yeah, I'll probably eat it. So. This thing has a clip on it, though, so you can clip it to like... Yeah. You, can't put your ca- you can't use your case anymore, though. Well, I have to take my case off to use it. Is that it. inconvenient for an iPhone yeah, user? especially mm. when my fingers are already bloody. <laughs> <laughs> so, folks, that's it. I funded a Kickstarter project. Good for you. For folks interested, you can go to kickstarter.com and type in Luxie iPhone light meter. L-U-X-I. Yes, and I'm sure it will pop up. But I just thought it was kind of cool. I funded it, and I thought that I would have a. Um, I thought I would have an iPhone by this time. I don't, and quite frankly, they give them away now. Dude. I know, but if but at this time, I don't even know if I'd go iPhone. I may go Galaxy. Yeah, they're nice. So uh, before we take a break, we're gonna do our regular segment: butter or not butter. <laughs> so we'll go around the table. Uh, we'll start with John. Cornbread. Butter. Leslie. Butter or not butter. Butter. Matt. Butter. Me. Butter. So what does it mean, butter? Is it made with butter, or do you put better, butter, put on, butter it? on it? Put butter on it. You put dry. butter on it. Uh, no butter. I'm always no butter, no margarine. Dry. Oh. Look, we're switching like midstream. You know what? If I, I have a cup play. of coffee, I'd go dry as well. Anybody else want to switch before Whoa, we take a break? We're, we're so many variables, guys. This, <laughs> this could be a whole other podcast. Let's just keep <laughs> this. This butter or not butter segment was going to be you'd get like a spread and you'd have to taste it and say, is it butter, <laughs> is it butter or, or not or butter? Not. I can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, we're going to be uh, hitting a topic, Hour of Silence. We'll be back. <laughs> And some breaking news just hit the studio. New 55. This is brand new, newly produced 4x5 instant film. Matt, fill us in. What's what's this all about? We talked about it on the show uh, off and on for the past couple years. What show? Basically... Uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, there was Polaroid Type 55 film. It was this really cool single-sheet instant film that gave you a usable print and a working negative once you washed it. So uh, what Bob Crowley and uh, some other research assistants have done is they've done all the R&D. They've re- figured out how to remake Type 55 film from scratch. They're calling it New 55. And after years of you know doing some hard work and doing their research, they're asking for $400,000 to get it up off the ground. Um, these guys have put in the time and effort already uh they're just asking for you know what is a reasonable amount of money uh to get legitimate production started on this film you can find out more about new 55 at uh, new 55 project.blogspot.com or new 55 project.com uh, if you go into google just type new 55 film the kickstarters are going to be the first thing to come up the google if you or anyone you know shoots large format, shoots instant film, or just wants to support the community, you know, the Kickstarter starts at a dollar and goes up as high as you want to give. Uh, so, yeah, check that out. You can also go to our show notes to get a link, a direct link for this Kickstarter for the new 55. It's as trim as a briefcase and as easy to carry as a portable radio. The perfect way to show and enjoy the color slides you took last summer. It's the new Kodak 300 color slide projector. Not only is it the smartest looking projector you can buy, but the Kodak 300 is a pleasure to use. With easy to reach controls right here on top. And a new Ready-Matic changer 
the smoothest and simplest ever designed. Its wide-angle lens shows your slides big and bright in full color in any room, large or small. The new Kodak 300 projector in your choice of two color combinations costs just $64.50 or as little as $6.50 down. It's also available with an automatic magazine type changer and because it's made by Kodak, you know it's good. I'm here in the studio with Matt. We're doing a live spot for the Debonair. Oh my gosh, that plastic, fantastic. Yep. Easily the coolest 120 toy camera out there. It's 1999 US, and while supplies last, you get the camera and a roll of 120 film. We're sending out a lot of cameras per per week. As a matter of fact, I. I some of the folks at the show that we ran into... What show? ...had ordered from the FPP store. Lately, myself, Matt, and Leslie from Imagine That... Hey, imagine That. <laughs> sprockets. Oh, they just look fantastic, Mike. Uh, we Instead of using 120 film in the FPP Debonair, which is a 120 plastic camera, myself, Matt, and Leslie have been dropping in 35-millimeter cartridges. It fits perfectly. All you need is, like, a piece of, like... Uh, packing peanuts? Packing peanuts. Some gaffer's tape? Yeah, one on each side. And you're good to go. It fits in perfect and... Nice and snug. Nice and snug, and it, it creates... Uh, your image on 35-millimeter film includes the image onto the sprocket area of the film, which is... Very cool. When people see that, they're like, Whoa, Whoa. how'd you do that sprocket photography? <laughs> so the FPP Debonair Film Photography Store.com... I know it sounds funny. You'd be like, hey, man. You- it's a limited amount. Think about it. That's it. Get it now. It is the coolest camera. A number one recommended by myself, Matt. Anyone that's used it so far, two thumbs up. So filmphotographystore.com. 120 film cameras. There it will be. Check it out. Yeah. Hey, I just want everyone out there to know that you could write to the Film Photography Podcast. Podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Right, John? Write? Write a letter. Podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. If you want to write a letter Mm. and send stuff... Yeah, you can. You can send it to Film Photography Podcast, P.O. Box 152, Butler, New Jersey. That's B-U-T-L-E-R-N-J 07405, USA. P.O. Box 152, Butler, New Jersey 07405. That's the same address if you want to donate camera, a film camera that works, or some film to the FPP. Yeah. So send it on in. Send your love, baby. Okay. It's all about Hey, we're back. Hey, before we start talking about all other stuff and completely ignore the amazing amount of, like, camera discussions we have... I mean, Leslie, there are a lot of topics we need to discuss. Oh, yeah. And we keep, like, skirting around yeah. here. Yeah, it's fine. So Tim Tam's talking. <laughs> yeah, Tim Tam's are talking here. Uh, let's talk about what we've been kind of talking around in the studio, and that is, it sounds like a Tom Cruise movie. It's not Topcon. <laughs> Topcon. It's not like a baseball card convention. There, there better be, like, Danger Zone playing in the background of this. That's all. Oh, I that'd be awesome. You know who could do a great Danger Zone cover? You guys. Oh, we did one. Oh, you did? Oh, for SSI. Oh, that's right, SSI. That was oh, SSI. Called, uh, Is there anywhere to watch SSI, like, on, on the interwebs? In jail. I think they have copies. Uh, it'll it'll, it'll <laughs> start showing up on, like, Xbox. Oh, sweet. SSI. Come on. Yeah, no, no. It's being, I mean, the films of... For those listening, I... I um, 
uh, own a home video entertainment company. So 10 years ago and beyond, uh, myself and John and a few of the other New Jerseyans here, we used to make, well, bad movies. Mm. Mm. All this is, is caused by UFOs. <laughs> a spoof of CSI. Called SSI. Crime scene investigation called SSI that John actually went to Manchester, England. That's right. To shoot. With the, with the great Tom Moose. The great Tom Moose. And Tom had a, he had a faux uh, New York City police car. Yeah. And then when John came back to the States, you took a video camera and spent a day in New York City yeah, shooting Joey. B-roll, yeah. you know, of uh, like street uh, scenes. Like John would have a, a sheet, be like, okay, street scene, push into window, mm, right. <laughs> shot in Manchester with an English cast trying to do American accents. American accents, yeah, <laughs> pretty awful. It would be just as awful as if we were trying to do English accents, right? But that was ten was years ago, and then Dan and I did some music for it, spoofing uh, Flashdance, yep. and oh, Top was... Gun, and some other eighties yes. cinema, and that makes perfect interest music for this segment called Topcon Camera. All right, Leslie, what do we got? Yeah. I've got a, a Topcon IC-1 Auto. And I actually believe we're also going to give a Topcon away, are we not? <gasps> yes, we are. We uh, are. We have uh, Matt. Uh, well, this is called Bestler oh, Topcon. And I'll tell you why it was called Bestler later on. What's the difference between the model numbers here? That's a... Auto 100. What's this one? What's uh, this yours? This is an IC-1. Okay. This is the first one with an integrated circuit. Mm-hmm. Oh, got that? No IC, way. integrated circuit, light bulb. Them's big words. Woo-hoo. Anyway, they uh, entered the uh, SLR market in 63, kind of about when everybody else did, uh, with the RE Super. They left in 81, so they didn't stick around too long, but enough. Charles Bessler Company, we know as the enlargers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they were the importer, and that's when it became oh. Bessler Topcon. But the one thing I kind of found interesting about this camera, or about Topcon in general, is in 65, the U.S. Navy, and I'm, I'm not going to positive or negative this on the U.S. Navy. Topcon. Taste, uh, tasted, tested, <laughs> tasted these cameras. They also tested Japanese. Sorry, taste this camera. <laughs> but, sir, do it. There is anyway, a Navy connection with the Top Gun. There is. Wow. They tested Japanese cameras and German cameras, including the Nikon F. So I think maybe they were tasting them rather than <laughs> testing them. Private because, taste cameras. <laughs> because the Top Gun D1, and it was the exclusive camera for the Navy wow. until 77. No sh- kidding. Rolling and, in the Navy, ladies and gentlemen. I, yeah, <laughs> six one and a half a dozen the other. But this uh, IC-1 Auto, I actually traded a guy. He came into the store and he said he had this and I traded him for a retouch job but uh, you know I picked it up and I used it and I got along with it very well I thought it was kind of fun to use comes with a standard 52 lens f2 mm. not one two That's nice Typical metal focal plane shutter type of thing mm-hmm. 500th of a second be all that good stuff. This model that I had was not a high-end model, but I thought, you know, I just get along with this so well. Then I realized why. Hmm. I'm an Olympus user. Olympus puts shutter Olympus speeds tweet. on the back of the body, and the f-stops are right there, so that you've got shutter speed control, f-stop control, and focus right there. Hmm. And so it fit for me, and also Nikomat did that as well. Hey, back up one second. Yeah. What country is this made? Japan. Japan, okay. And what's the, what's the name of that camera? Roboto. Topcon. And have you used it? I have. <laughs> 
And actually, I used it as smooth as last night. Did you really? Set it up for 1600 put some Tri-X in it, and shot away. Nice. So, but see, kind of another thing, too, is um, uh, you need to tell this camera when you put it on, what is the minimum aperture, maximum, depends on how you always look at it, a 16 F2. Tell you me. Have, you have to tell <laughs> it that it's got an F2 on it, and you that sets me. on the face of the camera. So if I put a telephoto on that, that it's... Maximum of open aperture 4.5. You need to set it on the camera. That's a little unusual, right? It, it is. is. But you know what? Adjust the meter, it, it, right? I believe it falls through on that Bessler top con. Bessler. Yeah, it, it has it right here too. On the side. It's, it's on the same side where you adjust the uh, the shutter speed. And there's a little little thing you press down, and then you can change it. From when you there. shift it. This happens to be a separate dial. That's interesting. But, of course, like many of these camera companies at the time, they did not use a Pentax K-mount, which mm-hmm. was kind of universal. They did not use a 42 thread. They used their own mount. So mm. now you search it oh. out. You've got to find a Topcon mount. They're, getting, they're a little full of themselves. Yes, but they all were then. <laughs> they, they thought so, they were Mr. Big Pants because they got a Navy contract. Mr. Big Stuff. Yeah. Who do you think you are? <laughs> so these cameras were... Big shot. Could you could you buy them retail, or if you have to join the Navy? No, 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 absolutely. You could buy bought them, in, them retail. Mm-hmm. Buy them in the Navy uh, gift shop. In the PX. No, yeah, no, PX. Gift shop. Like, what type of stores would carry this? Uh, camera stores, because that's what you okay. did in the '60s. You went to a camera store, mm. but you know, possibly you would get it out out of the Sears catalog. Would oh, type of thing. I just find it interesting that if you see a shot from the 60s up to 71 of the Navy that you know the camera was a Topcon. This, yes. <laughs> this guy is 64, this black Topcon uh, Auto 100. Then it was very, very early. Yours is earlier, right? Well, they only started in 63. Well, that one's mm. sexy. So they're almost all apparently Besslers because the whole Topcon entered the SLR market. Now, what's the model on that one? Oh, you told me. That's an Auto 100. Yep. They started off with the RE Super and then Bessler renamed it to the Super D. Hey, that's 100. This is our 100th podcast. Oh! Let's give one of those cameras away. That'll be our... Um, Who would want to buy this camera? Um, I'll buy one. <laughs> well, you know, they're tough little things. They work well. It's not uncommon to find these in a kit right. where they've got lenses with them. There is a standard cold shoe on the top of Cold mine. shoe, okay. Now, is yours a hot? Cold. Matt? Cold shoe. So, it's folks listening, outlet, what's the difference between a cold yep. shoe and a hot shoe? Cold shoe is simply an accessory shoe yep. that will hold your flash, but it will not fire it. It doesn't have any of the no ca- contact pins. So, you've yep. got to rely on on the PC outlet to plug your flash in. So you need a flash with a cord or an adapter with a cord to pop your flash into. Yep. And often you don't want your cold shoe to even be made of a conductive metal just because of the chance of a short or anything like that. It's true, but they, right. And the fact of this, when the shoe is metal, but the little tab yeah. is plastic. Mm-hmm. Wow. My God, those Tim Tams are good. <laughs> oh. So anyway, Sorry. that's uh, um, the uh, Bessler Topcon. Wow. And the Topcon. So folks listening, if you'd like to win the Bessler Topcon Auto 100 35mm SLR camera, mm-hmm. just uh, go to filmphotographyproject.com, and there's a drop-down that says Giveaways, or filmphotographyproject.com forward slash giveaways, and you'll see this month, this week, this is our giveaway. If you're listening to this as an archive, you can still go to that link and see what we're giving away this week in time. Mm. So That's the nice six-element lens on that, too. It's actually thank, pretty sharp. Thank you, Leslie. So you're welcome. Hey. What, what was the guy that was in the Three Stooges? Was it Joe Bessler? Joe Besser. Joe Besser. Yeah, Besser. And then we started saying Joe Mama Besser. Yes. Joe Besser also was in um, Abbott and Costello show. Oh, was he stinky? He was like the kid who lived down the block. Stinky. Hello, stinky. He's like a 50s. He's, he's like, the inspiration like, for Newman. Is that true? That's right. That's absolutely you, correct. Wow. Yeah. 
Because uh, Lou Costello was always like, hello, Stinky. Uh, he, hi, Lou. And he was like a 60-year-old man playing a boy. Exactly. <laughs> it's a crazy show. Crazy show. Uh, we'll be right back. Hey, it's Mike here with John. The Dark Room is a lab on the West Coast. And these days, because, you know, you're, we're all shooting film, but, you know, the big question is, where do I bring my film to get processed? Because mm-hmm. so many local labs have been closing. And even our local CVS, Target stores, Walmarts. It's diminishing. The Darkroom is an option, and they've really stepped up to develop all films. films. 110 film, 126 film, 35 millimeter film, 620 film, 120 film, 4x5 film, 8x10 film. Wow. One stop uh, shopping. Black and white, color print C41, color slide E6. E6. Uh, 120, 220, 35, 4x5, 8x10. The Darkroom. It's com. They also do testing of awesome films like Lomo, X-Pro, Red Scale, True Black and White, Crossbird, Redbird, oh, Nightbird, oh, hey. uh, Infrared Films. All of us here at the FPP highly recommend you go there. They'll take good care of you. The Darkroom. Dot com. <laughs> Tell them the FPP sent you. Yeah. Hey, we're back. Hey, folks listening, I just want to know, you know, we never told you who's in the studio today. My name is Michael Rosso. Here's Matt Mirage. Hey, what's going on, guys? Leslie Lazenby. Hi, everyone. John Fideli. I like Tim Tams. And we're back. <laughs> and you may be thinking, well, you know... This is the 100th podcast. What yeah. do you guys do over there? What's, what are you talking about? We're all naked. Why, <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why are you here? By the way, if you want to see John, we talked about SSI. Naked? Uh, I'm John, not naked. No, but you're in it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, yes. There are Actually, naked people in that movie. It. Yes. I it's, did, it really? I have. It's rated R. Oh, oh yes. Yes. But, but, you know, I mean. We're adults here. You can go <laughs> you know, to Amazon.com or eBay and type in SSI. Movie and uh, you know check it out. Yeah. We should really we should really offer it on the FPP website. You really should sign copies. <laughs> we have a DVD sign section. <laughs> hey, check out the filmphotographystore.com. Go to the DVD section, <laughs> and you can order the John Fideli series of movies. Fideli collection. It will be autographed by John. Yep. Oh. It'll, it'll, also come, offer it'll, the, uh, it'll come with a handgun. FBI so you FBI guys. Guys. That's a good warm up. Oh, yeah. FBI guys. Box set. Oh, isn't that that's on the on the SSI? Isn't FBI guys? Yeah, it's, it's like the it intro. Yeah. It's an extra. Uh, yeah, it's a bonus. Yeah. Bonus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that one's grandma. actually real good. I did a good grandma. You did. We're <laughs> we're all about film photography and sort of inspiring, teaching, uh, sharing. So when you know people who listen, you're not really listening to us. You're listening with us. Mm-hmm. It's a very shared experience. You can go to Flickr.com. Go to our group, Film Photography Podcast Group on Flickr. You can go to our site, FilmPhotographyProject.com. We've been doing a lot of sharing ourselves. Early in the year, we <laughs> talked about our Uganda project. Did, we, did you know about that? Nope. We donated uh, 15 cameras and 100 rolls of film to a school in Uganda. You are such a special person, Mike. Oh, thank you. you and are. our good friend Jonathan Bernard, we uh, donated some cameras and some film to uh, his class. And the school is called, I don't know how to pronounce this, SCIO Oregon. Sky-O. I'm, I think it's SCIO. I think it's SCIO. Uh, the school is, in, is SCIO High School in SCIO, Oregon. Uh, Jonathan, let me know if I murdered that name. Sounds like an Indian name. Is it an Indian name? Jonathan says, there were about 270 students in the school, and 21 of them are currently enrolled in my Photography One class. Wow. I process most of the black and white film, most of the black and white with Rodinol 1 to 50, but some of of the ones you sent have been developed in a 1 to 25 solution. I did some research on the film you sent. Some of the film was uh, generic Pro 100 black and white. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. 
He says, uh, he, he says the, according to the massive development chart online, they think it's APX 100. Oh. I've shot some. It's a nice film. The semester ends next week, and this group of students will be submitting their final portfolios. Several of them will be using film. So I guess it's a mixed class. Mm. The week or two after that, we will see a new batch of students trying film for the first time. I'll be teaching a photo two class, which you will see some carryover for this group. I guess some student thing going yeah, to, stu- to film guys too. And girls that are into it. Now, here are some quotes. I guess these are from students. Oh, cool. Oh. This is from Catherine. She says, "I have to admit that using film was a bit tricky at first, but I felt like I could really appreciate photography after as an art after using it." Mm, well we, said, Catherine. We only had so much film, so it led us to really focus on getting a perfect shot. Unlike digital, where you just like trigger finger, you think before you shoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, she goes on to say, "I think it was a lot more exciting to use film. I think film cameras allow you to really capture contrast and just better exposure and resolution in general." Elizabeth says, "Being able to take nice pictures has never been my specialty until it was with my phone. <laughs> then, for my senior year, I wanted to take a photography class. I thought it would be easy since it was just like taking pictures on my phone." Mm-hmm. But at first, I thought that digital would be the way to go for the color and whatnot. But there's something about film that makes it seem more real. It's, about it. She says, it's comforting. These this are is, some smart girls. Yeah, these are from, this is from Nora. Nora says, this was the very first time I've ever used a film camera. So it was challenging to, f- challenging to figure out what I was doing. When using film cameras, you are taking a risk. You don't get to see the picture until, until you develop it, mm-hmm. which we take for granted but the world, the whole world, just doesn't even understand that. Yeah. You know, the fact that, you know, you take a picture and you can't see well, it immediately. It's like nerve-wracking to a lot of folks. Yeah. A lot of people are like, well, why would you want to do that? What, what do you mean I have to wait? Yeah. She says, this is a risk, but it was fun, but also a pain. <laughs> <laughs> well... Truth be said, yeah. Those are great quotes for like but the nothing, website. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, well, Jonathan, <laughs> nothing is, worth doing is without pain, my dear. It's uh, been a real pleasure, and we'll be in touch with Jonathan to see if we can supply him with more uh, yeah. supplies. The interesting thing, both Jonathan it, earlier in the in the year with Louise with the Uganda project. Yes. Mm-hmm. See, if someone's doing a project, a school. Really, if you think about it, what source does uh, an organization have to get a volume of cameras and film? Like, where where would you go? I don't know anymore. Like. Odd lots. <laughs> so I'm really thrilled to be, you know, FPP being the source mm-hmm. because film cameras and film are coming in from all points of the globe mm. right to our FPP studio where they get logged in, cataloged. So when Luis said, oh, I'm doing a, a Uganda project, we sent her uh, a dozen or so Pentax K1000 cameras, like a whole fleet Mm-hmm. Of cameras, and as you know, Matt, they are student cameras. They're great cameras, yeah. Great cameras. Great learner cameras. So yeah. if you would like to take part in this, uh, you can go to filmphotographyproject.com. Upper right-hand corner is the donate button. You could donate a camera that works. You could donate film. You could donate cash. It all gets put back into the Film Photography Project for uh, not only activities that we do ourselves, but also... Uh, activities as discussed here at the school in Oregon or at the school in Uganda, Africa. So, uh, very good. I'm very excited, and we'll be right back. Enter a world of photographic values at Shutan Camera, Wiker Drive at LaSalle. Now at Shutan, you'll find the all Pentax K1000 outfit, complete with Pentax K1000 camera, regular and telephoto lenses, automatic flash, and Pentax compartment case. This total Pentax outfit is now Shutan priced at a remarkable $289.95. 
complete. Shoot with the best. Your cost is less. It's Shoot and Shoot and Camera. Downtown on Wacker Drive at LaSalle. This is the Fuji Super HR film, the world's most developed film. And this Fuji camera is one of the world's most developed fully automatic cameras. Both so developed, the results are more natural, true to life pictures than you've ever seen before. Even when they're being taken by one of the world's most undeveloped photographers. Fuji Super HR, the world's most developed film. Hey, we're back. <laughs> yes, hey, John, why don't you read this long letter? Oh, crikey. <laughs> it's from Chaz Millen. It says, pronounce <laughs> your name, Chaz Millen. Uh, oh, it's Australian. <laughs> I am Australian. Tasmanian, in fact, and I shoot film. Google Peter Dombrovskis. Peter Dombrovskis. Google Peter, Dom- Google Peter Dombrovskis for some stunning 4x5 color imagery from Tasmanian, if you are unfamiliar with the small island off the southern coast of Australia. I just might do that. Because mm-hmm. what do we know about Tasmania? <coughs> the, the devil. That's the devil. it. The Tasmanian devil. That's, that's the only thing I know about it. There's even a Polaroid camera with his face on it. Yes. Is there Taz, really? Tascam. Huh. Daffy Duck didn't get one? No. No. Uh, Barbie fuck did. Fuck <laughs> Anyways, thank you for the podcast. It has made me aware of so much more in the world of film photography. I started off shooting digital, and now I shoot a combination of film and digital, like a lot of people. I find working with film a more more considered process, as opposed to shooting like a tourist with a digital DSLR. I can't do it. What, it's a Tim Tams, John? What's the story? Anyways, my favorite camera at the moment, I have quite a nasty (laughs) case of gear acquisition syndrome. Uh, gas, of course. <laughs> Folks at home, John's dying over oh here. He's just, he cannot hold Holy himself smokes. together. Uh, okay, his favorite camera is a Toyo Field 45A2. Do you whoa, know that one? Whoa, yeah, those are sweet uh, cameras. I found it on eBay with three rodent stock lenses. Three Ow. Polaroid backs and a Horseman Pano back. Yo. What? Whoa. Really? Really? Wow. Put a pano, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Roll film adapter backs, yeah. Oh, that's mm. awesome. Yeah. As I'm just starting with the Toyo, I have no idea what to do with the Polaroid back. Could you enlighten me on what instant film types I can put into it? I understand that it would be quite handy to shoot instant film before exposing myself and the Velvia 4x5 film. There could be two backs, though, right? Uh, For yeah. the 4x and the 3x. A couple different backs he could use. I recommend using the... Oh, what is that? Is that the 405 back that can use the... That's the smaller one? The smaller and the one. 545 I, is the bigger one? Yeah, I, I recommend the 405 back because you can... You can use the three and a quarter by four and a quarter film, which is cheaper, more readily available, and will proof your exposure just as well. If you're using Velvia, go ahead and use the Fuji FP100C. Good stuff. Fuji film self-terminating, and if you let it cook a little bit longer, you can tell if the highlights are blown because they'll get a little pink, and that'll be perfect for your slide film. There you go. And on we go. Uh, having recently discovered the beauty of color slide film, mainly Fuji Velvia 50, I used the Horseman Panoramic back and also managed to find two packets of Velvia 50 4x5, Yo. which is chilling out in my freezer awaiting exposure. Whoa. Once my wounds heal up from selling a kidney to pay for the Velvia 4x5, I will venture out into the Tasmanian wilderness to expose it and maybe expose myself. <laughs> you get arrested for that, dude. <laughs> hey, we don't know a lot about Tasmania time. yet. Right. You know, we oh, learn dear. new things every day. Okay, so here it comes. What is a good color alternative to the Velvia 54 x 5 Perhaps Ektar 100? I hope the Velvia is never discontinued, and I would say I would use it extensively, though it certainly wouldn't hurt to try some more film types. When's this letter dated? 
Uh, <laughs> December 27th, 2013. So. Oh. Is uh, well, Ektar 100 4x5 going away? No, no, no. Oh. I'm just... Um, you know, they're they're two different kind of kind of beasts. There, Velvia mm-hmm. just has a different punch to it, especially mm-hmm. when you get that exposure. Mm-hmm. Like Velvia fifty, there's nothing even really close. But mm-hmm. it's something that has a lot more latitude and a lot more. You can almost be a little bit lazier on the landscape side of things because I mean, this Charles definitely has. You know, he's got a baller kit going on with his four by five. Like mm-hmm. he's got all the toys. He's probably using the filters in front of it. He's doing everything to get perfect landscapes straight in camera. So honestly, he'll notice the switch instantly to, to Actar, but Actar has a lot more wiggle room exposure-wise. But I think if if he doesn't mind playing with it a little bit and some, do some high-end scanning mm. to his negatives, he'll be able to get that a little bit of that same punch with Ektar. But it's so much cheaper and so much more readily available. Yeah. I would just say go for it with Ektar, especially because... The cost is only. Let's be honest. The cost is only going to go up on on these films. Yeah. Just buy it up if you if you can. Just buy a whole stockhouse of it right now. Well said, my friend. Well said. <clears throat> okay. Right. I recently had my uh, late grandfather's Leica 3B refurbished. Uh, mm. Currently has a roll of Kodak Ektar 100 in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I look forward to seeing uh, how that turns out. I would like to dis- digitize my film work so that I can throw it on the blog and Flickr. I project. Mm-hmm. My slide film in my dark room and photograph it digitally. Not Whoa. the ideal process, but it works. It's, it's That's kind of cool. Yeah. What would you recommend for scanning 4x5s, 120s, and 135 slides and negatives? Epson V700. It's the go-to scanner. Anything update by 10. Well, now there is a little caveat, though. Yeah. That he is doing slide film, so if the stuff's not spot on, oh. if he needs to really see into the very, very thin highlights on those transparencies, those really dark shadows... He will have to go to a higher end scanning You're regime, about on the four or be an expert scanner, or, or yeah, or send it to some to a service that can mm-hmm. do a little more high end flatbed or uh, drum scanning. What does it What does it cost approximately to get um, a four by five scan? Uh, fifteen bucks and up. Fifteen yeah, bucks. Yeah, that's that's per for negative. Oh yes. yeah. Oh yeah, and this is. It can go much higher than it that. Can go, Absolutely. It can go, it can go upwards of seventy five a frame. Yeah. yeah. Holy mm-hmm. shh. But did you get a? Not, we're not talking drum scan. Yeah, up through drum scan. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, insanely high quality. So if you have something that you're really proud of and you want to, yeah, get you're it. really proud of, or you're, you you just know it's the shot and you know you can get a little bit more out of it. <coughs> it's it's worth the noticeable difference. And like yeah. like I said, he sounds like the kind of guy that would notice that difference. Mm. Uh, he says, uh, I also have boxes and boxes of family slides and negatives that scan that date way back from the 1920s to the mid to late 80s that oh. I really want to scan and display. So a fairly robust scanner would probably be best. I'm thinking maybe the Plus, the Plus, Plus Tech Optic Film 120 or maybe the Epson V700, which... V700 is great, especially because you have the slide trays built into it. If he mm. wants to only do um, the slides through the 120 sizes, and he wants something that can expedite the process a little faster than the V700 and get you pretty good quality, um, the Epson Ni- or not the Epson, the Nikon uh, 9000 scanner. That's a good way to go you about have to it buy too. That used, do you not? Yeah, they're not. They're, they're new not anymore. anymore. Exactly. No, but they're and if you've got really nice scanners, these, yeah, it's all it's all a time issue yeah do you want to sit there and do this this always seems like a good idea at first and you're for you're through your first 100 thinking oh my gosh and you give up you may want to consider a service bureau oh yeah that's sending it out sending it out it's a daunting task it's a daunting task for a family group of stuff Mm -hmm. i've had people bring me in five thousand slides at a time and they almost always say the same thing that um five thousand 
Yes. What do they say? I need it tomorrow. <laughs> and I'll say, uh, call FPP, see what they recommend. No. Um, and they've almost always said we started off doing this ourselves. Mm. Oh, and they've just figured it's, it's oh, overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Yeah, it is. Even even a retiree doesn't have that much time. You've actually had that kind of like work walk in five thousand slides. Absolutely, that's probably my max is fifty five hundred. How long does it take? Um, I usually tell them three to six weeks. Okay, depends on the season. Right. Very good. Uh, what else, John? Keep reading. Oh, it's more. Wow, Charles. Yeah, back on my case of gas. Uh, I find that although I obsess over the gear quite a bit. It is part of the fun of it all for me. Every bit of kit I own has its place and uses. I do not purchase unless there's a genuine need for it. That's very dis. I scored a Canon 1VHS on eBay for next to nothing, which leaves my 5D Mark II for dead in terms of build quality. Mm-hmm. 5D feels like a crappy plastic toys camera in comparison, which is now resigned to being used as a spot meter. <laughs> pre-vis camera when I am shooting with the Toyo. Do you agree that perhaps in some instances that digital cameras build quality, that digital cameras build quality is not as high as the build quality of their film equivalents? Or are digitals just lighter because the materials are more modern, lighter, and stronger? My 5D went back to Canon with a serious electrical fault, whereas the 1V has not skipped a beat yet. I would definitely say it has a lot to do with the uh, the components that mm-hmm. goes into them. Mm-hmm. Being on the retail side of things for a while now, mm-hmm. um, we get these cool things in from the manufacturers, and uh, you can actually see they actually have like an old magnesium shell that the cameras were made out of, and like the new alloy shells Whoa, that they're made right? out of. And a lot of it's really just the the skeletal materials that go into the cameras are so much more modern, and they're they're all alloy based, so they're super light. In fact, um, one recent Digi camera that was kind of a flop in a lot of people's eyes because the the alloy that they made it with was actually too light and it felt plasticky and cheap. Oh. Was that Nikon DF? And the whole so people were like, I don't feel like I'm getting my money's worth. Yeah, well, the whole point of that camera was to be like retro and kind of resemble like one of the That's older right. Nikon's, mm-hmm. but. And every every person, even a lot of uh, film uh, FPPers I know, were really interested in the DF originally. But a, a lot of uh, Nikon shooters that I saw, that as soon as they picked up the camera, you could see they were disappointed because mm. it was actually too light. And it was and it's hard to explain. No, 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 it's actually real. You know, it's real magnesium alloy. It's it's all all metal. They're like, nah, it's plasticky. Yeah, you gotta you know you gotta have a feel for yeah. Something. And and a lot of that bulk in the in the one V is just it's bulk. Mm. That's that's what it is. Um, weather sealing has gotten so much better on on cameras. It's just the components that go into them. Mm. So thank you for reading my letter and thank you for the show. What show? Keep it going. And I am certainly very impressed with the FPP website. Nice. Oh. May film grow and prosper. It certainly is a big part of my creative vision now. I couldn't imagine my photography without it. Regards, Charles Millen. Oh, very nice. Thank you, Charles. Thanks, Charles. It says Chaz here. I call him Chaz. Where is he from? From Australia. <laughs> Charles Millen. I don't know him, but his name triggered a name in my head. Chuck. I want to say Chuck Miller. Chuck, Chuck Pecorella. The Nikon, the blue Nikon on the shelf. There you Chuck go. Chuck Miller. Chuck Miller. That was my uncle. He's your Chuck uncle. Chuck Miller. Not this Chuck Miller. No, because he's dead, but because my Ch- Chuck Miller's dead. But Chuck Miller. Chuck also. Chuck Miller with the blue Nikon. How is it possible Chuck. we get off topic? How is it possible? Oh, he also happen. donated a Kiev. Uh, SLR that was uh, reskinned red. That big thing. Went to it. Yeah. No, no, not no, that. No, no, no. no. This is a, 
35 millimeter SL. It's kind of it's big. It's sort of like the the Nicro Nicromat Nicromat Nicromat. So of course it's big. Of course it's big. We mean business. Hey, really quick, another letter here, John. I think uh, a show or go or so. Were you talking about something called Blue Goo Studios? Yeah, yeah Blue was, Goo. Uh, yeah, he was one of my Flickr friends. Well, he seems to be more of my friends. He's oh, like, really? Oh. He says, he says, stealing my friends of Flickr. He says, hey, Mike, but you can read that. Uh, I don't want to read it. All right, Matt. Hey, no, I'll read it. This is John. No, this is my friend that John thinks he's his Hey, this is, a, this is a letter I like. Fun with the Mamiya 645 AFT. Yeah! Hey, you have? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Mike, y'all made my day, if, if, not, wow. if not year, when you read my letter about home developing and gave me advice on developing color at home. Duly noted. I'm sending the color off, but sticking to black and white at home. Along those lines, I thought you film photogs might enjoy my latest blog entry about shooting Ilford's SFX 200 yes! near the James River in Richmond, VA. There's not much truth in this story beyond me actually taking pictures and fighting with the polarizing filter. So you Post a link to his blog post called "Benevolent Tree Ghost Forces Local Hipsters to Steep Pay Incline." John, this is your friend. <laughs> no, what do he say? Benevolent Tree Ghost Forces Local Hipsters Up Steep Incline. Thanks again for the mention on air and producing the best podcast there is. All right. Greg Garner, Blue yes. Goo Studios. Dot. Greg Garner, oh, Blue Goo right. Studios. Dot com. See, that's a memorable one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thanks. Hey, thanks for shooting with the the Mamiya Six Forty Five AFD. Yeah. That's what you have? Yeah, sweet cameras. Nice. Oh, I guess you're friends with him now, too, huh? Yeah. Yeah, you know who else has a Mommy 645 AFT? Well, it wouldn't be me. Da- Daniel Kloss. Oh, Daniel Kloss. He's a cool guy, too. Daniel Kloss. John doesn't listen to the Another show. Another Australian bloke. <laughs> hey, we'll be right. hey, Daniel, how you doing? Hope you're hey. still listening. We'll hey. be right back. Oh! Hey, we're back, and now our darkroom tips for this show. And we're going to be talking about something near and dear to my heart. Uh, myself and Matt, the whole gang. Leslie, listen to that. Oh, it's ridiculous. A mon- it's a monster. John, <laughs> Mark, Dean. We were- Dean. <laughs> Dean. <laughs> hey, Dean. That's what the security guard at the uh, space yeah. calls him. Dean. We, we, went to, Dean. we went to Smooth Cellars last yeah. night, late night, yeah. and we were shooting. We were souping film, yeah. and because we didn't have a dark room, I was uh, loading my film, 35 millimeter, onto those crappy plastic reels. Yeah. And today's topic is... In the bag. Plastic reels, secret of loading, using, and caring for good old plastic reels. I was... Struggling with mine, I did manage to get the film on it, and I didn't have any problems. But mm. it, they could be a pain, and some folks, like mm. Matt, I think, will look at those reels and actually cast like anger towards them. Oh, oh well, you get angry at the reels. I, I, I guess some people have. I guess crap. over the years, I've just become a very opinionated 
fellow on on plastic reels. There's good ones, there's bad ones, and right. some people, you know, some people don't even use plastic. They just don't deal with it. They use stainless steel reels because mm-hmm. it's what they learned on. Uh, and there's some advantages to stainless steel versus plastic. So the stainless steel, while they are kind of tough to load, they load from the inside out. So you clip it in the middle, at, right? And then you you feed it on. We have a video online. Yeah, about exactly. That. The other cool thing about the stainless steel reels is you can load them wet or dry. So even if they're a little bit, is that right? Di- yeah, if they're a little bit damp from your last usage, right? It's okay. It'll all load on the same. Now with your plastic reels, not the same. Plastic reels have to be bone dry. Hey, 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 you're getting into my segment. <laughs> oh, <I'm, laughs> all right, take it away, Leslie. Bone dry. <laughs> you you finish up the uh, uh, now, but let's go to stainless steel for just a second. I don't want to. I don't per- use them. Any particular? Oh, that's right. You don't. No, what's I up? know probably one of the best you can get is a Hughes on stainless steel. I've heard of Hughes. Hughes is excellent. Anyway. Too plastic. <laughs> and I, you know, I just thought everybody, everybody's using Patterson. Well, they should. What is Patterson? Patterson is a brand name. It's a UK product. It's been around forever. They have, um, hey. it's a system reel that cranks apart like most plastic do. 120. That's Patterson? This That's Patterson. Patterson. Yeah. 127 and 35. 35 millimeter. And now the reel I used yesterday looked amazingly like that but it is but, but it's, it's different it's, it's it's a a, oh. see this plastic is incredibly smooth this is a good and slick yeah. this is a good this Patterson is, it's, like the, it's like the best plastic okay yeah. yeah their tanks of course are multi-system tanks mm-hmm. like everyone else yeah. nice their big, tanks are a little bigger though they're yeah. bigger quicker fill uh, mm-hmm. considered a daylight tank but Matt was correct these do at the Patterson and I'm not sure if all plastic use a ball bearing they do not Patterson uses a ball bearing in here so number one as Matt said these things need to be bone dry mm-hmm. you need to make sure too and I always give those little give ball them a bearings. check yep. just give them a little a little push or tick to make sure that they're nice and loose and spinning in there. Because if they're not loose, it's not going to uh, load right. It's yeah. not going to load right. And a lot of people are in the habit of as soon as they get a Patterson, as they call it, they castrate it. They take the balls out. The little stainless steel balls <laughs> out. Be here. Uh, moisture causes difficulty. Also, too, if you are in a hard water area and you rinse these and they get a little deposit on them. Yeah, they'll get build up. Yeah. They'll get a little build up. And that's easy enough to get rid of. We can talk about that later. But um, part of the secret of the Patterson or even loading a 35 or 120 reel Let's start with 35 first. When you cut your tail off of 35 millimeter film, yes. if you've left it out of the can before you put it into your changing bag or the darkroom, of course it's very easy to do. Tail's out, I cut it off, then I put everything in my changing bag, okay. and then I load it on. But if, if not, you have to do this in the dark, and that's fine. You pop the end off the can, and you get the tail out. So you just get the tail off before you put it in the bag. Yes. Yes. Uh, if you can, if not. But when you cut it, never cut through sprocket holes. Because that's creating a... That will jam it up. Yep. Just cause you problems. If you cut through a sprocket hole, just drop your scissors back, cut it again. And there's a term that I use. It's called nicking the corners. Get out. And I nick the corners. Do you really? And there's a nicked corner. And and, and I'll do a close-up of this still for later on. Nick the corner saves a lot of problems. And there's another thing that I do. Mm-hmm. Mike just saw me do. And practice this in the daylight. You know, I had an instructor said, never do this in the daylight and look at it. Always learn to do it in the dark. Really? No. If you do this in the daylight, then mentally you'll see it when yeah. you get into the dark. That's not a good idea. But, of course, film has a curvature to it, whether it's 120, uh, 127. What does it matter? That has more more of a curvature because it's like an old roll. It's co- an old roll. I've used it in a lot of stuff. Give that a little bend back. Right. Opposite bend flattens it out a little bit. Pull it out a little bit, and away you go. And like, with uh, uh, I used to struggle with these. Patterson, I kind of give it the pinch. Would you use a dark bag or dark room in co- the college? Uh, dark room. Okay. The closet. Oh, okay. 
I pull my film down at that point, but my reel is, that's the secret. Reels dry. Don't cut through sprocket holes. Nick those corners. Cut them off in a 45. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And then walk them on. It's a very curly roll. It's so. like walking the yeah, dog. Look at that. Walking the dog. And I so pro. The, Look at you. The uh, ball bearings are doing it. But they're doing the work. Yeah, they're doing the work. But my thumb rests on the edges too. Yeah, that's just to guide the film on. Make sure there's no un- unnecessary buckles going on. And if it's a recent roll of film, I'll just pull the whole thing down and leave yep, it hanging yep. in the dark. Yep. It's a really curly one, so I'm just that's doing a really it good. short. Exceptionally so. curly. My God, that would really take hours to do. So Leslie, so. We're, we've we've talked about the best. Let's let's get down down and dirty. Let's talk about. All the other plastic reels. There's a lot of them out there. Here's what I was using. It is, and it's you know what? It's almost a grainier. It's not super smooth. It like feels this. flimsy. It it does, but it just feel it's grainier. It absorbs chemistry more. It stains easier. Mm-hmm. These hardly ever stain. These are life reels. You'll have these and use these for twenty or thirty years. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it was amusing that now I'm doing some one twenty seven again. I've got a reel for it. Right. And you can modify them. You can do YouTube's and modify them even for one ten. So, so I can use this for 20 years, right? Uh, yeah. As long as you keep it clean. Chemicals for 20 years, but if you were to drink those chemicals once, you'd be dead, right? <laughs> Not if you neutralized them beforehand. Oh. <laughs> Do you, you miss? Can lashes. you still buy the stuff oh. new? Pat- yeah, you, of course. Yeah, and I these are the ones I always recommend to folks. Whenever someone takes a darkroom workshop with me, I get them. You know, I get them hooked on the best because. Look, it's going to be the easiest to learn on, and once you're yeah, you don't want to do, do don't want the cheap stuff. stuff. With that. You're like not seriously, want to do it. yeah, you're, if you cheap out four if you cheap out four dollars on your kit yeah. and you start messing up film, it's well, not worth it. It's no, just it's not totally not because then no. your enthusiasm will drop. Well, exactly, your enthusiasm will drop the first time you're in that changing bag, cussing your brains yeah, out. Yeah, get the film sweats. <laughs> yeah, so film sweats. Yeah, and it happens. I mean, uh, this is the only thing I've used, and I've used plenty of stainless steel, but I these are my favorites. It's not necessarily what I learn on, which is typically the yeah. way. But uh, when I'm done with the reel, it does go through the wash in the tank. It goes through my photo flow. <clears throat> but it's not uncommon for me to crank the water up really crank. hot. Crank it up. Give it a really hot little rinse, quick rinse, and dry. Yeah, I, rin- so, I scrub mine off just to make sure I don't get any buildup over time and yep. dry so, them up. Uh, if you do have mineral deposits on it, a little vinegar bath will take care mm-hmm. of that. And you're back. How about in that like CLR Flynn. stuff? Oh, uh, there's probably no reason. No, What's I CLR? Probably do it gets that rid it. of calcium, lime, and uh-huh. something else. Rust. Something with the R. Yeah. Rust. There you go. Thank so, you. So I think you could if it was diluted and they were really yeah. that bad, but the, the secret is uh, a little prep on your film and having a dry reel. Last uh, last fall, I acquired a, uh, a Jobo processor Jobo. as part of a... Uh, Those things look cool. Yeah, they're a little automated process. They're kind of neat for home developing. You know, I'm starting to get into real it. expensive, or uh, not when you get them off someone that doesn't know what it is. But if you oh buy them new, no yeah. way! But if you buy them really? new, yeah, they still make them brand new for like like two or three grand. Oh, like, they're automated. They have a controlled temperature bath, but basically, it's like set it and forget it kind of thing. Um, that does make it easy. It's, it's a Ron, the Ron Popeil. Of yeah, it is. Like, is that like cheating? Though? It feels like cheating, but the the really weird thing is, the, you'd think that the reels for it would be something sweet like the Patterson, sweet. right? The pattern. I load up my Patterson. I was in the dark, and I I did end up getting the film sweats. Oh, sorry. Are they clear? What they're reels? There's two different kinds. The four by five are clear, but the one twenty reels. These might have been aftermarket or something that came with it, but they were cheap. They didn't have the ball bearings, and they were too skinny to fit on the like the. The Jobo reels would not, oh, it, really? the Patterson would not fit on the Jobo reels, so I had to use their reels. Uh, they didn't have the ball bearings, and I had to actually walk every bit of film on with my hands. So, can you upgrade? Do they sell them with the bearings? I don't, I don't know. Sorry, I have to, look, I have to look it up because yeah. I love the Patterson's, and mm-hmm. honestly, the only reason I'm not developing with it more is because it's not as easy. I just, it, if I have, it's 
a yeah. hard to get an eight by ten on that. It's a little bit, a little squeezing. <laughs> you get to fold your eight by ten. They got a yeah. Leslie. <laughs> but yeah, they. Uh, uh, I have to go with spring for an extra couple bucks. Yeah. Get yourself some Patterson reels because those things are me. yeah. Because oh, the cheap ones, they show their cheapness really, really quick. They do. And you see, there's another thing too. If you happen to be a bulk loader, something to think about. Yes. Your first bulk loads don't make fat rolls. What does that mean? Seems like a good idea to put. 40 or 45 frames on that roll, you know, as you're as you're bulk loading it, it's not going to fit on this reel. Oh. And then you're going to get down to the end, you got 30. So you're saying if you're making your own 35 millimeter cartridges and you're like a smarty pants and you're like, I'm going to shoot 45 exposures. It's going to fit yeah. on here. It's going in. It sounds like a good idea. It won't fit? No, it tops about 37, 38. It gets really and difficult, right? Then you have a t- now you have no more room. Oh. You're done. Yeah. So what do you do? Aft. Aft. You're aft. You're cussing, and the film sweats really kick in. Right. And these are actually made, and this lie. is something that do? Jobo does a little bit different. Yeah, you know Jobo? You know Jobo? <laughs> yeah, Jobo. Yeah. Good guy. Um, Jobo the clown, right? you can load one on 120 and then load one right after it. So you can put two 120 on here at a time. What? Load one 120. Get out. Load the second one. Some people tape them together. Now, Joe actually makes a little clip. Yep. That once oh. you put the first one in, you clip it, and then you put the second one. That's Ooh, stellar. That's cool. A lot of people double up yep. on uh, a little kind of just a little scotch tape will do. Uh, the tape that's on the film. Yeah, you just oh. use the tape that's on the backing paper. So, yeah. Look at that. that. Ratchet on your first one. Ratchet. There's the end. Peel that back. Yeah, Fantastic. Those are truly so the you, easiest to use. If you're really, really, really a cheap ass, you can do two up. <laughs> right, that's me. Da. Oh, you want a cheap ass? And I've known people that do this. Mm-hmm. Back to back, two thirty-fives. They'll take a roll of thirty-five and a roll of thirty-five mm-hmm. and start them the same time. Oh, and roll you're kidding me? No. <laughs> Does that work out? Not always a hundred percent because you, you get, get chemical touching. traps. Yeah. Well, it's back to back, so that part's safe. Oh, look at that! Now this one is so curly. That must be quite a skill, though. I would think to roll two at once. It's oh, so yeah. much work for what? You exactly. know? For what? Yeah. Cheapness, yeah. See, cheapness so, does not win the day. It does not win. And you know the cost of film today. Don't bother with that. Yeah, see, don't it, extend your chemistry. Get some good equipment. And isn't this really how like a lot of questions and things get answered in, in darkroom tips? Like save money on chemistry. Save money. Like really, just I know. It's a couple cents. Don't be a schnook. <laughs> don't be a cheap schnook. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Leslie. Sure. And uh, that about wraps up this particular show, episode number one hundred. Oh, sorry, John. Well, but you know what? Come back two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. You and we'll uh, start it all over again yeah, with yeah. some extra super special things, I'm sure. Okay, great. More Tim Tams? Absolutely. Wait, you didn't tell me what was in this huge Oh, we'll save it. So, okay, folks, you know, let's uh, let's close it out. With How about some uh, SSI music? Oh. Ooh. that. Flesh dance. I have it all. Oh, and danger, so danger. I think it's called danger. We do, yeah, we do need to go out with that. We'll put a trailer on the show notes as well. SSI trailer. <laughs> all right, we'll see you.
one, two, three, forget about it. Crossing Luna Pro. You want to send the kid for my Jeff Fresh? One, two, three, forget about Super it. Super amazing. B41. Crossing <laughs> Luna Pro F. You are a meat. One, two, three, forget about it. K14. <laughs>